So you got sermon notes. We're talking about, we're talking about, don't forget your benefits, your divine benefits. Amen. You know what are benefits? Do you know what in the natural benefits would be? So we're going to talk about benefits that you have as a Christian. Where'd Jennifer go? Jennifer Phillips, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. You ever watched that? So Jennifer is a school teacher. Give her a hand clap. That's a calling, isn't it? But you know, as a school teacher, you have benefits, don't you? Yes. 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 What kind of benefits do you have? Retirement. Retirement. I have 12 more years. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> a retirement benefit. Isn't that good? If you ever started a job, did you ask what the benefits were? And I, you know, here, you know, you need to ask questions if you're going to get hired, if you're going to show up on time. What other benefits do you think you have? Um, health you insurance. And insurance. Yes, That's health cool. insurance for myself, for my yeah. family, dental, vision, which is very nice. Benefits. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Some of y'all are saying, well, I should have been a school teacher. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. What else? What? Anything else? Um, I get life insurance. Life which insurance. Is great. That's yes. a good one. Um, I have the same schedule as my children, which is very nice for me right That's now because they're cool. still in school. And my summers. Summers off. I'm excited for summer. Who else gets summers off? What You know, anybody at Volvo get summers off? No, the kids are going. Youth are going. <laughs> we get summers off. So, you know, is there anything else you can think of? Um, you know, as a teacher... Um, sometimes there are stores, Michaels, Barnes and Noble, that'll give me a discount <laughs> if I show them my, my teacher ID card. You have to show them your ID? I do. I do have to show that, them So ID. you just don't walk and automatically get it just because you say I'm a teacher? You have to go after it, huh? I do have to What go about going it. to the doctor? Do you have to prove that you have insurance? Well, I have a health insurance card I have to show Yeah, them. yeah. Well, why, why would I bring that up? Because some of y'all have benefits from God, and you haven't pulled your card out. You haven't. You don't know that you, there's benefits you don't know you have. So that's why we're going to talk about today. Thank you. Give her a hand clap. Hand clap. You see, just because the school has benefits, she had to sign up for them. She had to sign up for insurance. She had to sign up for life insurance. She had to declare her to her dependents. She had to go after those. You know, I know teachers that don't have any benefits because they didn't sign up for them. Didn't sign up for the right ones. My wife has, and I have insurance because of her as a teacher. She signed up for life. And a lot of people missed that check. And when they retire, they have no insurance. That's a pretty good check to miss, to click on, isn't it? Don't want to miss that. Well, how about in the Word of God, the promises of God, the benefits of God? How many are you missing? That's why we come to church. That's why we feed the on the word. That's why we study the word. That's why we go after because we know that we know that we know that God has provided. Even though the world says, well, or you got to work, 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 work for it. But how about chasing after God? So let's talk about some benefits today that God has given us automatically. When you got born again, these are benefits that are just for you. And everybody in here. So this is why we have our confession every Sunday. And I messed it up today, but hey, we have our confession because I'm trying to remind you. Remember's a covenant term. Remember, remember, remember. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me when you take communion. Remember what I've done. 
And I want us to remember that we have been given some things, some benefits, and there's five of them we're going to bounce through and look at, and you need to be reminded of. Amen? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? So Psalms 103, 1 through 5, let's read it together. Say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. It'd be enough just to go to heaven. I'm going to stop right there, but we have benefits right now. Hey, so. And forget not his benefits. So number three, or verse three, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Ooh, that's a good one. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'll explain in a minute why, why your mouth's got something to do with that. So, ha ha. Number one, are y'all ready? Number one, divine forgiveness. Why do I call it divine? Because it's God. It's from God. It's God and it's divine. Divine forgiveness. Everybody, every Christian ought to know that we're the forgiven, but we have to remind ourselves. I'm sitting here getting, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just got to get in the middle age, especially if I'm going to 120. But you know when my teenage, stupid teenage years still come up and haunt me? Huh? I have to wash that away. I have to get rid of that. You see, that, that, that will hinder me and stop me. So divine forgiveness, all sin and shame has been defeated. The shame of your youth, the shame of sin. Look at Psalms 103, 10 through 12. It's in the same chapter. And it says, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Come on, that, we were already there. Verse 10. I got it right here. He has not dealt with us according to our sin, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Our sin and iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear, honor, and respect him. And as far as the east is from the west, you've heard this before, but here's where it's found, Psalms 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west. That's the east, that's the west. And it doesn't go around the circumference of the earth. It goes east and keeps going. And it goes west and keeps going. And then you know what? It's out of sight. It's done away with. You have been forgiven. Your sins are washed away. But you know who remembers? You do. Quit it. I used to tell the youth, don't kiss an ugly girl or ugly boy. You'll never forget it. But you know what? Your sin will come up and haunt you too. But you have been redeemed. You have got to put it away. Amen. Let it go. But we hold it. Let it go in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, I want to explain just real quick the difference between iniquity and transgression. Ready? You ever thought about it? Because it says we've been forgiven our iniquities, transgressions. What's the difference? Iniquity. Iniquity is inward motivation. What you think about? Wrong thoughts. Oh, Lord. You know what? He knows your wrong thoughts and he still loves you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Repent of wrong thoughts. But, but it's inward. Transgression, we don't use that word today, but we do trespass. Don't you trespass in my house, Jack. Don't you come in without my permission. But we trespass. So look at the difference. Inward and outward. 
Outward is what you do, a sin, outward sin. But how many of you know all of us have these inward sins? You know, I'll just slap them real quick and nobody will know. Well, God knows. You see, that, that sin, isn't it? And so we've got to guard our thought life. We've got to guard our actions as well. And so our iniquities are inward. How about what's in your heart or in your mind? Your attitude is an iniquity. Uh, action is what you do with your hand. Action, that's transgression. Uh, real simple, lust, lust. Adultery is action. Okay, both of them are sin. Jesus said if you've done it in your heart, it's just like sin. But God wants to put that away. Because of the blood of Jesus, he'll take care of all of it. Amen? And so as we look at these things, it's been infinitely removed. Your sin. When you ask him to forgive you, it's been removed. Smile at somebody and say, I'm free. There's no record of it anymore. Quit entertaining it. Let's, let's, do, let's do this. But here's the thing. Sin is still in the earth. But the penalty of it over your life has been blocked out. And you are still dealing with the power of sin, but you overcome the power of sin through the blood of Jesus. But guess what? One day, we will be free from the presence of sin. Hey, hey, so it's a continuing growth thing. When we dance in heaven, we're in the presence of God. Let's go to number two. Divine health. Say, I got that. Come on, say, I got that. I, I don't care if you feel bad this morning. God wants to give you health. Okay? And, and so let's look at, at some things. And you'd be surprised uh, uh, how many scriptures talk about forgiveness and health in the same verse. But we look over it. Well, you know, because... I mean, you know, if you're like me, it's easier to believe that God can forgive you of your sins than heal your body. Because you know what? These thoughts of the past sin come and you get out of here, but this elbow hurting won't go away. But we have to put the word of God on our bodies as well as on our sin. Amen? So, so we look at these things. Uh, it's not that sins, uh, sickness is a hard one to deal with, but you need to deal with it. Don't just accept it. Don't just accept it. In Isaiah uh, 33, 24, we're going to read some scripture just so they have the same thing in it. As you look at Isaiah 33, 24, it says, The inhabitant will say, I am sick, and the people who dwell in it will be forgiven of their iniquities. They will say, I, I, I'm not sick. Huh? They, they, change their, 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 they learn to change their vocabulary. Uh, in Isaiah 53, uh, and five, it says the same. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. You know what? He took our transgressions. He took our iniquities. We just talked about that. But look at the last part of that verse. With his stripes, we are the healed. Hey. I'll, I'll help you in just a little bit more. In just a, how about 1 Peter 2.24? says the same thing. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree, on the cross, that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness and by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah said, are, gonna be, are healed because of his stripes. We were healed. Anybody ever take an Advil? Tylenol? How about taking this scripture, with his stripes I am the healed? That, take it like a pill, a gospel. Come on. Charles Katz wrote that, gospels. 
I stole that. That's all right. He, I, we all use Jesus' stuff, so he don't mind. You need to take gospels. I'm standing on with his stripes. I'm healed. This elbow's got to straighten up. It has to. Jesus paid the price for it. And so as you look at the stripes that Jesus took, and, com- and that's what you, that's been paid for. I got benefits. I left my phone over there. I got my health card and the benefit. It's in there. I can wave it. I got it. Well, I can wave a scripture. I got it. With the stripes, I'm healed. Never do. Oh, that's embarrassing. I wouldn't do that. Well, don't do it in front of a crowd in Walmart. But at home, sitting at the house, just taking inventory. This knee, that knee, this elbow. My, I'm tired of these. These this body's got to line up. You got to get a little bold with it. Tell the devil to get off. Tell him where to go. He's the only one you can give a you know you can chew out a little bit. So. You know, uh, God has healed us. Do you ever heard the scripture, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Saved salvation is the complete package. It's everything we need. Spirit, mind, and body. Everything. And we, when we just get, you know, well, listen, I grew up in a church and every Sunday they're trying to make you get forgiveness. They never taught me how to get, old, get the power to be forgiven totally. I mean, I had to re- I'd rededicate every Sunday. I wore my rededicator out. Oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You know, and you just, that's all. But there's more to salvation than just forgiveness. There's healing and there's redemption. Number three, look at number three, divine redemption. Well, I thought, well, isn't that forgiveness, Pastor? Nope. It's a little bit deeper than that. How many of you know Christians are still bound up. A lot of Christians can be bound up from things. Uh, how about their past? How many you know the Bible says that we've been sold in sin? Some of you were born in a family that maybe had some family curses. Uh, everybody in your family is angry. Or, uh, I grew up with some, half of my family was mean. Man, they were mean people. They did it for fun, but it was fun for them. It was mean to me or mean to, to other people. So, so we've been sold to slavery. Some of us anger. Huh? Some of us hurt. Some of us, you know, emotional stuff, whatever, you know, going on in your life. Bondages, addiction. My great-grandmother's had a spit cup on the ironing board. Y'all think I'm lying. I started, I started with tobacco in the fourth grade. Huh? I would pick up Coke bottles and buy me a can of Skull, which it was 35 cents a can back then, not $2.93, whatever it is today. I was in bondage to it. My wife thought he'd never quit that. But when I got on fire for God, I said, Lord, I want to get rid of this. Found out I've been redeemed from it. See, see, not only that he would forgive me, would it keep me from going to heaven? No. It's not good for my body. I'm trying to help you a little bit because some people think you're going to hell because you smoke or you dip. Well, that's a bad habit. But then again, they eat all the chocolate pie. I won't even save you a piece. That's sin too. 
Okay, if you're going you're gonna to start pointing things, you've got to point at everything. But we've been free from pointing things. We want redemption. We want the power to be free from it. Amen? And so you look at redemption, and, and uh, my wife said, you're not going to use those Greek words, are you? You can't even speak English, are But there's five Greek words for redemption, and, and I'm only going to name two of them. And, and, and I'm just going to tell you what they mean. And uh, uh, redeemed is agorazo, and it's the marketplace for slaves. Have you ever seen a movie where they put somebody and they tie them to a pole, and then they're, they come up and people, they're judging them. If they want to buy them as a slave, it's the marketplace. How many know Jesus became a slave for us? You see, he was tied to a pole, and they tied people to a bowl. They punched them to see how tough they were, made fun of them to check out their attitude. They didn't want a slave get mad and try to kill them. They whipped them to see their endurance. How I many you know Jesus got whipped? But then the other Greek word that I'm going to talk about just for a second is, is uh, exagorago. I couldn't say it either. It means out of the marketplace. Jesus went into the marketplace to set you free from the marketplace. You are no longer a slave to sin. That he set you free in whatever little thing that you keep going back to and going back to. Now, Lord, I need to walk away from that. And you go back to it. He set you free from that. And one of the most powerful stories of redemption is found in the book of Hosea. And man, when I started reading this and, and looking at this, Hosea... God said he's the prophet in the land. Everybody knows he's the prophet. Of, he's God's man. And God says, I need you to go buy a slave. I want you to go buy a harlot, and I want you to marry her. And you think about, he goes down to the marketplace, and what the men did is they bought the women, and they kept them for three or four months until they was tired of them, and then they'd sell them and buy another one. How horrible is that? And God sends Hosea down. And he buys this beautiful woman, and he marries her. And they have three kids. And then she leaves him and goes back to that slave marketplace and sells herself. And years go by, and God speaks to Hosea and says, go back and buy her again. And see, Hosea represents God, and that woman represented God's people. And he said, I still love her. Go back and buy her again. Go back and get her out of that mess because I still love her. Woo! And he goes back as an old woman and buys her and takes her out of that and brings her home. Man, oh man, redeemed. We are free from that. We need to be pulled out of that. And quit going back to that and quit beating yourself up about that and be redeemed, amen? Be set free today. Say, I'm going to be free. I choose to be. Number four, divine crowns. I know it's grace and mercy. He's crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, but I want to talk about a crown just for a second because there's a balance there. When you wear a crown, you have authority. Crowns in the Bible, people who wore crowns, they had authority. You have authority to walk in the grace and the mercy of God takes authority to put your own thoughts down and receive the grace and mercy of God. 
to walk in the grace and mercy of God. You've been crowned with grace and mercy. Look at Jesus. Jesus knew everything. But he didn't walk around as a know-it-all. He came as a lamb. He came as a lamb and he walked in the authority of grace and mercy and healed the sick, raised the dead, said the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Change your life. Change your mind. Isn't that good news? So look at what the crown. In Matthew 7, 29, uh, Jesus talked about it. He, he said he taught, or they taught, they, he taught as one who had authority and not as the scribes. They're like, this was after the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Like, Where does he get all this stuff from? This is authority. He taught like he knew, he knew what he was talking about. That's where it came from. But God gives us authority. To walk in this grace and mercy. But we don't take our authority, we won't have it. Guess who picks up your authority when you don't use it? The enemy. He'll pick up your authority and start using it against you. What? But he has crowned you with authority to walk in the grace and mercy of God. And you're supposed to walk in it so strong that you can give it away. You can give it away. Isn't that good? And so Jesus, so many scriptures talk about Jesus' authority, what, what he has given, what he's walked in. But you need to know that, that you have authority. In Matthew 28, 18, uh, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Do you know Ephesians said that all authority that he had, he gave it to his church? I see his church this morning. You have authority. You have authority to receive the grace and mercy, to live in it, to walk in it, to where you're abounding in it. Well, I didn't know I had that. Probably a lot of things we're talking about you didn't really know you had or you forgot or you're not using. I would liken it unto, as Jesus would say, liken unto or if I gave you a car and you never drove it. What are you doing with your salvation? Oh, it's in the garage. Looks good. A little dusty. But not only just driving it, but how about running the player, the MP3 player or the CD player or whatever, or the cruise control, the air conditioning would be nice right now. It's getting 70 degrees outside. Change. But how about the air conditioner in your car? The benefits. And how about if you don't know how to drive it? Well, you just get it moving and it goes first gears reverse. You drive around backwards everywhere. How I many Christians are driving backwards? Because they don't know to move it on into the next gear. Because God will let you back up and change your life and start over. Hey, everything's new with God. You can be new. And he'll have you back up and start over. And you know what? It's like you've never started before and it's all fresh and new. Come on, quit. Get, you get in a bog. If you get in a mud hole and they, they got some mud up here, but they got Louisiana gumbo mud and it's six foot deep. I've lost boots before wading through it. And my boot come off and I'm like, how am I going to get that boot? I can't even reach it. And you get hung, and the Bible says that God wants to take you out of the muck and the mire and set you upon the rock, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's don't get hung up, but let's start moving forward in God. And you know what? He'll help you wash everything off that's that holding you back. 
Glory be to God. Let me show you something about grace in Romans 5.21. It says, sin and death reigned until grace showed up. Well, grace has shown up. Amen? It's, it's, it's shown up when Jesus came. It was here. It's still here. His grace and mercy has shown up. Glory be. And Romans 5.17 says that we can start. Let's just look at it. Pull up Romans 5.17. Don't have that? It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, but much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Let me slow down. One man's offense, Adam and Eve, Adam. Reign through the one, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace. If you're saved, you've received the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness. You have right standing with God. They will reign in life. Didn't say in heaven. It said in life through Jesus Christ. Now, it's time to start reigning. Now. Now. Smile at somebody and say, I'm starting the day. Come on. Revelation 5.10. I really like this one. It says, and who has made us. Say, say me. Kings and priests. Who's made us kings and priests to our God. What? Ladies, you're a queen. Gentlemen, you're a king. And you're a priest. To God, and we shall reign on the earth. When you go, uh, the reign should begin today. King to have authority. How about a priest to bring people to God? Hey. Woo! Welcome to the family. Hey. Hey. Amen. Hey. Kings and priests, you're a king over your own life. I'm not a king over you. You're a king over your life. What you let in, what you take and, and have, have dominion over you is on you. Well, if the Lord don't undertake, the Lord has already undertook. Amen. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to redeem you. And in the spirit, man, you can be free. Because let me, let me just do it this way. I remember about last year, maybe two years ago, I taught about people who became a millionaire. You know, there's very few people that become millionaires. But these people that I taught about, they became millionaires, lost it all, lost it all, and became millionaires again. And so they asked him, what is the secret to becoming a millionaire and losing it all? They said, we're not millionaires because we have money. And they didn't say that as a we, but they said, I'm not a millionaire because I have money. I'm a millionaire on the inside. I have it in here that I can do anything. Well, you, you got it probably in your bathroom or on the hall. Somewhere it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, where's the limitation? Right here? Right here. We limit. We limit God. Everybody in here say, well, God can do anything. But then why ain't he doing it? Because we limit him. We don't, oh, can't do that. Yes, you can. You're a king and a priest. If the, if the queen of England came over here to America, she really don't have any authority. 
but she has, she's still the queen. Guess what? God's given you domain over your own household, over your own life. Amen, amen? Let's go to number five. You ever thought about this one? I'm going to get, how many horse people we got in here? Come on, I know some horse people in here. We got some people that have some horses, and so we're going we're gonna to use you just for a second. Divine satisfaction. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, I don't know about you, but I need some youth renewed like an eagle. Always, every day. And I need grace and mercy every day. If you don't need your grace and mercy, come on and give it to me. But let's talk about divine satisfaction just for a second. <laughs> I, I got an example. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings now. But it's so full. Satisfied means so full that you're on the verge of overflowing. Woo-wee! That you've got point one, point two, point three, point four, till you are satisfied and overflowing. Isn't that good? Almost tired of it. That's what that means. All right, I'll put it in, in our vernacular. You're going to the all-you-can-eat buffet. And you're going to eat. Now, I'm going to use my brother. He's not here. But if he's here, I'd still tell this story. And he'd be laughing the whole time because he knows it's true. My brother go to All You Eat Buffet and he gets his plate and notice the scoops. He'd dip a little bit, a dip a little bit. I mean, everything on it. He's going down the line, just dipping everything on it. And then he sits down and he eats it. And he's deciding what he likes the most. Then he goes back and gets him an All You Can Eat plate. And he's getting to this, well, I like that, and whoa, I like this and this. And then he goes back and this, and then he eats, and then he's like, okay, what we got for dessert? Let's go try all of them. He's a professional eater. And he'd laugh. He, he knows. We, we, that's the Thanksgiving, all the family gets together. You better get your plate before Bruce does. May not be any less. But that's what God wants you to partake of him Partake of his divine nature till you're full and overflowing. Full and overflowing till you're satisfied. So let's break this down just for a second. Satisfied. <laughs> he satisfies your mouth. So, so I look, the, the Greek word for that is, I'm going to blow your mind here a little bit, but it's, it's a means of ornament. Now I'm not talking a Christmas tree ornament, but that's the way we think. But if you look at it, it's a horse, horse people. What would be a horse mouth ornament? A bridle. James talked about a man bridling his tongue. And that's what this is talking about. For you to be satisfied, you got to learn how to bridle your tongue. <laughs> I didn't want to go there, man. You don't talk about what people, but, but we have to bridle our tongue and say what God says and not what we see. For us to be satisfied, because nothing, nothing, no one and nothing can satisfy you but Jesus. The Father sent Jesus so you could be satisfied with him. Jesus bridged the gap. So we could be like Jesus, so we could have Jesus in our life. And so we want to be satisfied. God satisfies a person that can control their mouth. <laughs> because I guarantee you, if you ate the all-you-can-eat buffet, you're never satisfied. I can give you all the money in the world, and you can blow it all and be gone, and uh, I guess I'm through spending, and not have anything, and still not be satisfied. 
The only thing that satisfies is God. And I'm going to make fun of one of my pastor's wife said, whoo, that Brad Pitt's a good-looking man. I said, yeah, but if Jennifer Aniston and that other chick can't satisfy him, you ain't got a chance. <laughs> no offense, she's a great-looking woman, but that man can't be satisfied. Your flesh cannot be satisfied. And chasing other women or other men will not satisfy you. And chasing all the money in the world, trying to work for money and work and work, trying to get ahead, get ahead. You know, I heard a story. A man said, my goal is to is retire at 40. And he retired at 40. And at 41, he was the most miserable man on the planet. Because he didn't have any passion. He didn't have any desire for life. He's like, I don't know what to do with myself. You say, well, I'd like to try that. But it doesn't satisfy. It really doesn't. It's serving the king. It's being a king. It's walking in God's grace and mercy. Mm. You know, the Bible teaches that the temporary never satisfies. It's only the eternal. And God's the eternal. And you need to get satisfied with God and let him fill you up and let him satisfy you. And, and, and it's he who satisfies. Amen? Mm-mm-mm. So let's boldly declare what we have. Will y'all put number one back up there? What is it? Divine forgiveness. Y'all receive that today? Say it with me. I'm the forgiven. Number two, divine healing. Say it with me. I am the healed. You know, you can say I'm the healed and whole. So, you know, we need to go after that. You know, people that even believe in healing, you know what they chase? Miracles. I love miracles. Miracles are awesome. But God's plan is not for us to chase miracles. It's to chase divine health. Think on that just a little bit. Number three, divine redemption. Not only have we been forgiven, not only have we been healed, but God wants to, he's given us the power to break off whatever is holding us back. Bondages. Set us free. A lot of bondages are right here. Renew your mind. Come on. If Once you renew your mind, you're like, why did I even think that way? Number four, divine crown. You have been crowned with grace and mercy. Say it, I've been crowned with grace and mercy. You've been bought, bought with a price, redeemed to be a king or a queen for God, to represent him. And the last one is divine satisfaction. It's time to get satisfied. And I'm going to say this real quick, and this is a little harsh. If you're not satisfied with your salvation, how are you going to lead somebody to Jesus? And you're talking about how pitiful and poor you got it and how hurting you are and how ugly life is. And you, then you tell your kids or you tell your neighbors you're saved. And they're like, well, I don't want that Jesus. Because they're listening. Your neighbor's listening. Your co-workers are listening. Your children are especially listening. And I know a lot of kids that, that, that became adults and never went back to church because they were beat up by religion, not Jesus. Religion. We need to learn to be satisfied with our salvation and be full and be full of God and His joy and His peace and His love and His kindness and His gentleness and His meekness. Amen?
Because once you become satisfied, you become a light. You start shining. And your coworkers, I've had been, I've worked with people and they're like, man, why don't you cuss? Because I got Jesus. And cussing doesn't change anything. Make it worse. Like complaining. If complaining was, would work, y'all would all be set free, wouldn't you? <laughs> Me too. Well, we got to control our tongue and not be a complainer. Because it doesn't win anybody to the Lord because that's why you're here. You're a king to be fulfilled and you're a priest to lead people to Jesus. Because if not, when you got saved, you'd left this planet. Bow your heads with me today. I want you to look at your heart. Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you given him your all? If you're here today and want to give Jesus your heart, just like our brother Montana did this morning, he said, you know, I want to get saved. I want to get saved. And I said, well, let's get saved right now. And he did. And you can see the joy of the Lord on him. Do you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time today? Would you lift your hand for the first time? You say, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you haven't been living for God, but he's knocking on your door today. Won't you come be a king and a priest and let me walk with you? He's saying, I sent the Holy Spirit to help you. And if that's you today and you want to come back to God and you want to get your life on the right path with him, would you just lift your hand? I see your hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. I see that hand, and that hand, and that hand. I'll give you one more moment. Come on, you're making a commitment to God, not to me. Yeah, I see that hand. Now, look at me just for a second. You know, a lot of times when we give an altar call like that, and I'm not knocking anybody to raise their hands, but I'm, there's other people that are afraid to. But it doesn't matter. God is, is not reminding you of your sin. He's trying to draw you closer. Because we just taught your sins have been forgiven. And you are clean. And don't be beating yourself up because you haven't been living right. I want you to come closer and be free to serve God. Come on, it's joy in this. Not like, oh, Lord, I'm so embarrassed the way I've been living. He doesn't see that. You ask him to forgive you, and so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Then smile. Because as far as the east is from the west, it's removed. Come on, that'll start you smiling right now. So say this with me. Pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Past sins present sins, future sins. Lord, forgive me. Come into my life fresh and new. I receive you as Lord and Savior, fresh and new. Help me to live for you, God, the rest of my life as a king and a priest. In Jesus' name,
Amen.